Welcome to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I'm Dustin P. And I'm Genius McGee. And on this episode, we talk Season 9, Episode 12 of AMC's The, the Walking Dead. Dead, entitled Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. So, for the sake of brevity and also spoilers, we do dive directly into the episode, so spoiler, 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 you have been warned, Genius. What do you think of this episode? I don't know. I'm still trying to really process it. I mean, I liked it. Like, 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 daddy. But I don't know how much I liked it. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was an enjoyable episode, but to what degree I'm still trying to figure it out. I like this episode quite a bit. Actually, this is one of probably one of my favorite ones of the season so far. Really? Yeah. Really? So like we talked off air, we're going to go ahead and break this down into three sections. You know, really the Michonne-centric portion of the episode, mm-hmm. the Whispers, and then Father Gabriel Rosita, Sadiq Love Triangle right. with Eugene in tow. Right. So of those three, what what would you rather talk about first? Um, Let's just get the Father Gabriel thing out of the way. Okay. So we know that he knows that Rosita is preggers. He knows that I know that you know, know that, that he knows that, that she, she knows. knows. Yes. Ah. All right. Yep. And so <laughs> basically it starts out like he's already having a bad day with the council meeting. And we'll go into that later. Right. But he's already having a bad day. Bad decisions are being dropped on him. You know, shit's getting weird with everything going on at work. And what's the first thing Rosita says? Hey. If you want to take a break and I, well, and I, if you want to break up, I'll leave it on yeah, you. It, that, that goes on to that. Now, I. That's some bullshit. That's all. Yeah, I'm okay. I want to hear what you said because you're. I got issues with the two, but I don't know if my issues are exactly the same as yours. So, like, you were audible. You're like, that's some old bullshit. Exactly. So, what do you think? That was some. That was some kung fu treachery on Rosie. You think so? Part. It really was. You I mean, think so? she was. She was completely trying to play the heartstrings and whatnot, and I don't know if what Eugene had said about Rosita was correct, about mm-hmm. you know her still loving Father Gabriel or whatnot. You can kind of tell like later on in the episode that they still have some type of connection, but a lot of what a lot of what is ending up in the episode is like Father Gabriel being kind of not let along, but you can tell that there's a connection between Sadiq and Rosita. See, I don't. I so think it's it's I, it's just weird, man. It's like, was that just like a hit and quit, or was that like a like a stay and play while Father G was gone for a while? No, I think okay. So I'm reading it a whole different way than you are. Well, that's why we have two people on the podcast. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't think it was a hit. I think Rosita and Sadiq is a hit and quit, and there's no real thing going on there, right? I think she truly loves Father Gabriel, and I think she was trying to be like earnest about it because i mean it's not his real kid true and the father's still around true but i mean weirder things have happened to the name of love you know what i'm saying right so i mean it would just be like an adoptive kid yeah she's like hey if you want to stay and help me raise this kid and we can be a family and be down with that i'm cool with that but if you want to bounce because you're you're gonna have an issue with knowing that that's not your kid because yeah because i mean that's not for everybody so like if you're not about that life then here's your chance to no harm no foul i understand so i think i think it was like that but at the same time man that was kind of like Bad timing, Rosita. Yeah, you already had a bad, a horrible day, and the next thing you know, like if you want to take a break, first of all, that's stupid. But that's a whole different tangent. No, if you want to, like, if you can't handle it, I kind of like said, okay, cool, Rosita. I mean, at least Mm -hmm. like you're being honest and like, look, it's also up to you too. 
Right. I'm with right? you so far. Yeah. So I don't think it was as manipulative as you think, but I do think it's a, it was a bullshit move at a bullshit time. Yeah, very true. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you want to st- if you want to cool out, uh, like, come on, nobody wants to fucking hear that. Yeah. So, you, you know, know and, and in the episode, what we see is that, you know, Rosita goes back into her, you know, her house and she's having issues putting on her pants because, I mean, she's she's getting a little bit bigger. Yeah. So, I put Rosita baby blues. <laughs> <laughs> so Father Gabriel and Eugene talk and, and Eugene actually professes like his love for Rosita as well. So now we have like this weird like love slash sexual quadrilateral. But see, it was okay. So here's another thing. Okay. I understand where Eugene was coming from, but when he brought up the charts and the graphs and shit like that, I was like, first of all, it seemed extremely out of place. Yeah. I but mean, that, that's his personality though. True, man. But I mean, like here we are in a heavy, this is, this is one of my major beefs. Of course, beefs are coming, right? This is one of my major beefs with this episode. This little interaction between Eugene at, at the beginning, let me, uh, let me put an asterisk at that at the beginning when he was like, I went ahead and took all the statistics and everything. I'm like, dude, again, bad timing. You well, know? the other part that I'm going to call BS on that is, is that he knows that the dead now talk. I mean, they know that Jesus was killed. Right. Eugene knows that the dead. Do you really think he's going to have time to run a, a complex math problem about whether or not Father Gabriel and Rosita need to stay together? Honestly, it probably took him about two hours tops. But and still, so, but there are bigger fish to fry than playing I you agree. Know, the lovematic grandpa in Alexandria. <laughs> Go near Mo. Mo over there. But like, no, I agree with that. But at the same time, I was like, this is, it seems out of place, not out of character. Okay. Right. Me, I know not me, out of character. Yeah. Not out of character, just out of place in this episode. But then it kind of won me over because Eugene said, okay, all bullshit aside, you and Rosita are good for each other. And if she's leaving it up to you, that means... Now, see, that's the thing. That's I go back to that, like leaving it on you. Mm-hmm. Is she like, oh, you came back and yay, you know? I mean, that's a hard decision for Father Gabriel. But he goes, if you leave her, you done fucked up. Well, and the, the other part too, I think from Rosita's standpoint is, I, I think she's trying to make it, um, make it Father Gabriel's decision because ultimately he's the one oh, that has yeah. to live with it. You know exactly. what I mean? He's the one that's going to have to raise this kid. Knowing that it's not his, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want any kind of like deep seated yeah, resentment or whatnot exactly. later on down the line, which is smart. I mean, but like again, it's just a bad timing. And again, though, they always give the great lines to Eugene. Yeah, you know, he t- he's talking to Father Gabriel at that point, and he talks about throwing the literal baby out with the proverbial bathwater. And I'm just like, man, that's 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 kind of awesome. Eugene is funny. He is. He's funny in a not trying to be funny sort of way. Right. But I don't want him to become too Sheldony. Bazinga! You know what I'm saying? No, yeah, not, this, not this, just there for you know comic right, comic but, relief and levity. Because especially with this one, where he's pulling out the charts and the graphs, and he goes, and I got the syllabus and the rubrics and all this stuff, and he's like pulling a fucking scroll, the Dead Sea Scrolls, these big ass things, and I'm like, that's something very Sheldony, and you're not Sheldon, and I'm I'm not the biggest Sheldon fan, right? And so I'm a more Eugene fan. I'm like, okay. They're trying to push it a little it too far. It seemed like here they're trying to make it too funny, you know? Mm-hmm. If they would have if they would have just cut half of that shit out and be like, look, Rosita's good for you. And in because that part won me over. I was like Yeah, that was really thoughtful. Exactly. I was like, good try, Eugene. But then I was like, excellent job, Eugene. Because, you know, he goes, even though I have a candle for for Rosita, you guys are good to each other, and I wish you only the best, and you'd be stupid to let her go. 
not only not only was it like you have my blessing, but like he brought him some pants for her, some pantaloons, which I thought was another cool thing. Like, hey, she's going to like these and she's going to need them. It's something else she didn't think about. Mm-hmm. So I was like, OK, good on Eugene for that aspect. But it was again, it was just a bad timing altogether. Yeah. And then, you know, further on in the episode, we finally kind of wrap everything up with with Father Gabriel and Rosita. When Father Gabriel goes to the house, you know, Sadiq is there. Rosita gives this, you know, huge smile, and they all kind of go in, assuming to talk about, you know, how everything's going to happen, how everything's going to play out. So I assumed by that rationale of that big smile when he gets there, that Eugene or Gabriel has decided to stay with Rosita. You have chosen wisely, right? Yeah. So I assume that's correct. Correct. Yeah, that, that's that's where I'm to lead, uh, leading to. I, that is the assumption that I am led to. There we go. That's what I was trying to there say. There we go. There we go. There <laughs> I, we go. I use words every once in a while. So, yeah, I mean, and with, with Father Gabriel, that was probably one of the most thoughtful portions of the episode. Right. But it was also one of the shortest. And here's my beef. It just seemed out of place. The it whole, the it, it whole really entire, did. The whole entire segment, that this whole arc, it just seems out of place. There's bigger fish to fry. Absolutely. you know yeah i mean and so that's why i was like okay this is a cool little story but stop trying to like like distract me from the main shit that's going on mm-hmm. and the shit that i want to yep. see you know so i was like cool but uh, unnecessary if they right. needed to trim it was, the fat it was kind of a meh moment for the yeah. episode it's like you know good good on them now here's conjectureville i bet that's gonna play into some shit later on i do too i think you know, what we've seen with the Whispers is that, you know, everything is, is supposed to be, you know, hyping up to be like the worst of the villains that we've seen mm-hmm. so far. You know, one so, of those three is going to get got. Yes. And it's going to force like a weird wedge. And I yep. mean, it could even be two of the four. Yeah. You know, and, and two of the four, which four? Eugene. Oh, oh, yeah, you didn't I didn't even add Eugene, Eugene yeah. in the fact. I mean, you're, you're thinking Father Gabriel, Sadiq, and, and Rosita. I mean, right. Eugene's still on the periphery. That's out there, true. You know, so, I mean, he could, it, two of the four, you know, essentially could be could be on the chopping block. So, if that's the way that it goes, then I'll eat my words and say, okay, I see what you oh, did there. Oh, but oh, if oh. nothing comes, <laughs> oh, words, but if nothing comes from this, that's almost superfluous yeah and and, and out of place because everything else was very serious and dark and somber mm-hmm. and, and everybody's moments, kind of preparing for something you know right what I mean? and while moments of levity are nice especially in this show like just one whole entire segment one of the main plots is just kind of like eh, whatever <laughs> Yeah, and it, it, it was treated very much like like an afterthought. Like, they just kind of forced it into the show or into this episode just to kind of put it in there. You know what I mean? Filler. Because it didn't really... If, if you think about the way that the other segments kind of wove in, mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, the, the right. Council and, and Gabriel, the... You know, the, the Daryl and the Whispers and, and those kind of things, it didn't really fit anything else. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was just Eugene had overheard Rosita when he was, you know, in the infirmary. But that was pretty much it. I mean, it's there's no like overlap in the other part of the story. I don't know. It just kind of this whole segment just stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm very much with you. While I enjoyed it, I would have liked it better in a different episode. Yep. Yep. Something that we could have gotten a little bit more action, a little bit more whisper. Yeah. yeah. Even even the other segments that we'll talk into was significantly meatier than this one. And this was just like, 
meh. Yeah. You know? It was good, unnecessary, but good. But if 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 this is setting us up for a fall for later on, one of those characters, because I honestly like all all four of those characters. Yeah. And if something, one of them, have, if, if they're going to go, I hope not. And I'll be like, God, curses, Walking Dead again. Who do you think they would take if it comes to that, of the four? Well, if they wanted to be evil badasses, they'd probably go with Rosita. Right. And we know that they're not they're not above not killing babies. Yeah. You know, so like, yeah. But I would think maybe probably Father Gabriel would go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Either Father Gabriel or Eugene. Yeah, I don't I know think, if it's con- I don't know if it's contract time or what. But no, I don't think it would be Sadiq just because they they gave him so much of uh, like a I guess the onus of the the memory of Carl. You but, know what I mean? With, with so much of his interaction with Rick earlier on in the season, and then kind of him championing you know and carrying the torch for Carl. I hope they make give him Sadiq more to do. I do too. Yeah, he, he seems like he's this, getting like, lost in kind of the fray. Weird love triangle thing going on. So like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, and, and that kind of gives us a good little segue. Then you know, we're, we're talking about Father Gabriel because then mm-hmm. we can kind of jump into the Michonne segment. Michonne aspect. So we see that you know that that the I guess the council of Alexandria has come back together, and they're they're talking about you know the the new threat that everybody knows about, right? And you know they they talk about all of this loss. They talk about Jesus dying. They talk about, you know, the kingdom really being on the ropes in terms of, you know, not necessarily just being kind of out there by themselves, but they are really they're, struggling. They're struggling. Plus, they got Negan escaped and came back. Yeah. So, so the, things are dark at Alexandria. Yeah, they, right they really now. are. And I mean, one of the things that, you know, Sadiq, uh, you know, Sadiq and Aaron kind of come to um, come to the forefront in this conversation because Michonne is, com- you know, very adamant about being away from the fair at the kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, she understands that there's a threat and that she's almost becoming a ty- kind of a, a tyrant, uh, if you she will. She is. She is. There's a council, but she's also becoming very dictatorship. I mean, because like, I'll listen to your council, but I'm gonna veto it anyway. Right. And she right. goes, "We can make a vote, but no matter what you say, I'm gonna say no." And they're like, "Your head of security," but you know, they never say your head of this. Right. The whole entire area and it, it just seemed very weird and father gabriel and uh sadiq had some beefs yeah and i mean it really did because but, when 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 michonne is talking she talks about you know vetoing everything because it's a security concern and i believe it was father gabriel that that kind of throws it out there you know everything is a security concern right so everything could be vetoed if it, if that's the thinking that you go down well and she even comes out she goes how am i supposed to be able to lead when everybody's doing shit underneath me and going behind my back and disobeying my orders what's the point of having anything and then they're like okay well the same thing what's the point of having a council right. if, if you're, you're not gonna, gonna fucking listen yeah, to it exactly if you're just gonna veto everything and that's what made everything very ex- extremely not only like difficult to like sympathize with one character or the other but it also made it very like very hard for one person to get the whole gist of it because think about it every single person in that room had very 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 they valid were right points. and they were wrong exactly yeah. they were all right and they are wrong so Who's to decide? And then finally, it's just like, nope, you're, we're not doing this, and that's into that. And then Marquardt saying, no, Michonne's right, and which was a very like, oh shit, you know, they're all, right, they're they're not expecting that. Well, the, and the other thing that you know, the the line that kind of got me out of that whole thing 
when you know Michonne and Sadiq are talking, Sadiq says, you know, what does it mean if Alexandria survives and the kingdom fails mm-hmm. or falls? And Michonne goes, it means that Alexandria survives. So I mean, she's yeah. completely, you know, tunnel vision keeping Alexandria afloat. She doesn't give a shit about the other two communities. I wrote or actually that- other three. I keep forgetting Oceanside myself. Right. Uh, Riverside. I wrote down, yeah, the kingdom falls, we survive. And I was like, God damn, that is cold. Michonne has gone very cold. Yeah. I mean, and but she's got points. There are right now a group of people wanting to kill everybody now. Mm-hmm. And like having a fun ye old carnival at this point in time might not be the best idea. But but they say, hey, we need to open up this trade, not only because they're friends of ours, but because at some point in time, we're going to need help. Right. So, and yeah. But Michonne for not even listening and say fuck them, you know. I mean, basically fuck them. Well, and she was she was angry about the whole ham radio situation that almost got oh, Rosita yeah. and Eugene killed when they, you know, when they were trying to set up the relay. Uh, you know, that's what it, you know, Eugene got injured because of, and that's how they. I mean, honestly, if you if you want to look at the silver lining, that's how they found out about the whispers. Exactly. You know. Yeah. So otherwise, how- they could have just been going out there with like you know foraging parties and then not coming back. Or if you want to get pessimistic, that's how the whispers found about them. That's true. Very true. So, yeah, and, and and like she said, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be in this situation. So they already have people disobeying her and then going out, getting people caught into the whisper tang- tangled web, and then Negan coming out, mm-hmm. and then finally, so she's like, "Fuck it, you guys, uh, we're not doing it." Period. Boom. In yep. a story. And like, yeah, I'd be kind of pissed if I was Gabriel, too. And then the other council, the red, the other red shirts in the room. Right. So then he goes back and he gets that ultimatum. That's some horse shit. Anyway, moving on. The next thing we see is Negan or Michonne talking to Negan. And I really liked that. Episode. I really liked that snippet. I did, too. You know, in, in a lot of what, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, ever since um, Andy Lincoln has left the show, he's kind of been pushed aside because he he doesn't have a foil right you know but ever since um andy lincoln has left you know we're getting more of like a not not, i wouldn't say a compassionate negan but Mm -hmm. we're getting more of the humanity side of him yeah you know so you know negan is talking to michonne about you know him overhearing things through his cell and he knows that things are kind of at a at an impasse right now with the the council and you know michonne trying to assert her security authority over everybody Mm -hmm. Well, but then you know he kind of he kind of tries to play the the manipulative Negan, and she just calls him an asshole. <laughs> you know, she goes, "You're an asshole, not an idiot." Yeah, and so like, do you think his because he's probably like, "You're gonna need somebody to have your back and and listen and counsel and do the things that you don't need want to do." Do you think he's trying to be like her enforcer, like her heavy? I think he is. I yeah. think I think he's trying to be the head of security's head of security. Yeah, you know, Surgeon security, General. right? <laughs> Sergeant at arms. But at the same time, it's kind of funny because no matter what he tried, Michonne is still on her game enough to call out his bullshit at every single turn. He goes, "I could have killed you," and he goes, Psh, "You would have died if yeah, you, you would have tried." tried. Yeah, like, exactly. fucking, I wish, I wish you would, right? But he goes, well, don't think your act of mercy means you change. But at the same time, he, I think he kind of has come to a crossroad. Well, because, I mean, he's been like, in the cell for six years. Well, because, yeah. And the fact of the matter, when he gets out, like she said, the world outside chewed you up, spit you out. You came crawling back like a fucking dog, which in basically he did. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, and she's got a point. So he has no cards in this game. Although, that being said... I wish you would give him the benefit of the doubt. And we see that Judith has been eavesdropping on the conversations that, you know, that Negan and and Michonne are having at the current moment. Mm -hmm. So 
Michonne confronts her later on in the episode, and I think yeah. Judith's, I guess her naivete mm-hmm. and her youthful, you know, youthful nature of not understanding this. You know, Michonne really goes to her and says, "You know, you don't know what this guy did." You know, and she goes, "He's a monster." And then Judith pops back, "No, he's a he's a he's person, a human being. Yeah, he's yeah. a human being." She okay. This is another ep- This is another instance where they both have points. Yeah, exactly. And I think it really took Judith saying that to yeah. to kind of make Michonne realize that she's kind of screwing up. Yeah, and then because she was like, "Hey, he listens to me. Not everybody else here does." And I think that crushed Michonne. No, what got her? What really got Michonne is when people change. You did. Mm. Boom. She goes, "Go to your room." What I do? Because she. Well, she didn't say right, but she didn't say go to your room in in a in a mean no, sort of she way. No, like go a, to your room. I need a minute because right. like I think that was like. Holy shit, you're 100% right, because Michonne has changed multiple times. Yeah, she really has. Throughout the course of the show. And so, yeah, maybe may, that's, I think, again, the words of out of the mouths of babes, you know, that's what got her. Because at the at the same time, right before that, she was like, no, you're right. No, you're, no, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. And let me tell you why. Right. But that one got her. She goes, oh, shit, Judith just dropped the mic on me. Well, and I mean, she's right. Think about it, dude. It's all the Grimes kids. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's always it's, the Grimes kids. It's, it's, it's the kids in the it's the kids in the story that, you know, they understand the threat. I, I, yeah. I wholeheartedly understand that they understand the threat that's out there. You know, maybe not to the, the whole extent of everything, but this is the future. They are the future. So they're not as jaded as these people that remember what it was like before the change. They're still optimistic. Right. And Carl was very much the same way. I mean, Mm -hmm. hell, he spoke to Negan. Yeah. You know, and and really got to his soul. Judith is speaking to Negan. But I think Judith is at the point where she's a little bit smarter and more savvy than Carl. Oh, yeah. Because she knows that she's not buying his bullshit. Mm -mm. It's just Negan listens to her. Yeah. You know? A friend. Yeah. And he goes, (laughs) she's He's not, he, are you his friend? He's not my friend, but he does kind of listen. So I like that. I like their, like, like I hope lone wolf and cub relationship, you know? Yeah, I mean, she had the opportunity to kill him multiple times, and she didn't Multiple do it times, because right. Because Judith's a badass, and well, I bet she would. I think Judith is giving pew, him pew. The, I think he's, she's giving him the option of being able to redeem himself in, in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, that's what the show is setting Negan up for, is to be the, the unlikely anti-hero right you uncle know. negan yeah yep. uncle badass negan not 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 the hero we want but the hero we need <laughs> right so then we fast forward a little bit after that we should we apparently we'll see where that, that happens speaking of negan where mm-hmm. it goes you know now that she has this change of heart but it also gave her another change of heart so she goes next thing you know we go she's knocking on my quads door uh-huh and like hey <laughs> thanks for backing me up and he goes no you're 100 percent right this She's is what like, we need to do laws are laws yeah yeah about, about that, that. <laughs> it was just like uh yeah thanks but um i'm switched teams you know well, i mean i think she she finally realized that you know maybe she was a little she was a little overzealous mm-hmm. in you know the the fact that she was becoming a tyrant, and yeah. I think I think it took a tyrant to call her out on being a tyrant. Yeah, exactly. You know, like Negan said, to from a leader to a former leader. You know, I, I think that's what really opened her eyes. That in the conversation with Judith. Mm-hmm. So you know, she goes to Mar uh, Marquand, and and she talks about you know, hey, I appreciate you having my back, and he goes, no, you were right, and she goes, well, <laughs> um, kind of, sorta. Yeah, I was, but let them 
decide. Let the fools have their tartar tar sauce. sauce. So, let, let them vote. But yeah, and exactly. And she said, you know, uh, we understand the, the threat that is out there. You know, we, we, we've not seen anything like this before, but we will allow them to have another vote on whether or not a delegation goes to the kingdom for the fair. Well, because even Father Gabriel earlier said, called her out and said, hey, we voted to, or you made, you made this charter that's saying we all have a say in this, and then you're going against the very charter that you're doing. That's bullshit. Yeah, exactly. You're you're just going against everything that we, you know, fought so hard to put together. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, if we don't have the charter, why the hell is Negan rotting in a cell instead of just dying? Exactly. You know, because there is no rule of law at that point. It's just a, you know, it's a, to- a totalitarian dictatorship at that point. And then, so we see that apparently they decided to vote and they voted to go to the carnival. Yeah. Here brings me another beef. Mm-hmm. Okay. It fucking got spoiled for me during that one minute preview thing, man. I don't know. I don't know what the hell you, that is. We, we saw that during the last episode, and AMC is dropping these like coming back in one minute. It's and a scene com- from the show. Now last it's week, completely they, unnecessary. No, and it's a fucking spoiler because last week we saw that, and it was just dog looking for Henry, or yep. like, hey, we already knew that that kind of shit was going yep. down. But this one, not a major spoiler, but we see everybody loading up vegetables in the truck like uh-huh. they're getting ready to go to in the, the fair. Yep. And I'm like, okay, so does that mean that they're gonna go and like behind Michonne's back, or is Michonne gonna have a change uh-huh. of heart? You know, when I when they could have not shown something or something even irrelevant or a scene we just already fucking saw there was no need to do that and it took me out of it and then in like i'm like they're going to the fair anyway so why does all this drama that we built up right now if you're gonna spoil it for me already right exactly i'm amc god damn it no i'm I'm with you man you know we've seen that the show puts commercials in very odd places at times you know during some of the previous episodes and those have no business being in the episodes whatsoever. I mean, because no. they give you literally half of a scene. Yeah. And a, a big chunk of it, too. And they're like, we'll be back in one minute. I don't fucking, I already know that. I know G- it's Give not me over. the Volvo commercial or the Matthew McConaughey Lincoln commercial for another 30 seconds and just get on with the show. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Ah. So with Michonne's arc, do we really have anything else? I mean, because right after that that scene that we're talking about, you know, the the preview scene or whatever it mm-hmm. is, she's she's sitting dejected kind of not necessarily that she got, you know, vetoed, right. but I think she's just more concerned about the threat that's out yeah. there that they're not handling. No, they all voted to go and she I guess she thinks she knows better. Yeah, her intuition know? and her gut are telling her no. No, so everybody's going to go to the carnival and just kind of like, oof. Mm. I don't know, man. Sitting there all Christmas time. Yeah, I mean, you know? she's she's obviously dejected, so mm-hmm. you know, we they they don't know what's going on. So, do we have anything with Michonne that we need to cover that we haven't talked about? No, I think we're good on Michonne. Okay, so now the big portion of the story, yes, which I think was probably my favorite of the three. Mine too. Um, just because I think we get a lot more of like the sinister nature of Alpha. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what we see is that you know Henry is actually tracking the 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 whispers going back to their camp. She's and, and he's just tracking Lydia. Right. I mean, let's let's just face it. You know he's not tracking the whispers, whispers. to kill anybody. He just wants to make. Save he's tracking Lydia. that tail. <laughs> you know that's exactly <laughs> tail on the tail. That's exactly what he's doing. So. You know, Fucking we Henry. we see at the beginning of the episode. Actually, the opening of the episode is the whisperer heard. You know, and and Lydia is talking to Alpha, and she talks about you know what what did you find out while you were there? Did you do this? You know, for you know, 
did you do this for a reason? Did you tell them anything? Did you tell them anything about us? Okay, so here's my question. Was this all the plan from the get? No. I, I, I think, orig- honestly, I think originally it was for Lydia to be in that camp. Uh-huh. But I don't think she planned on running into Henry and, you know, and forging that relationship with him. So that's why she's so tormented. Because, you know, she was asking him all kinds of questions and she was being really standoffish toward Daryl. But then when Henry was like, well, I- I'm Henry. You know, but so you so you think it was the you think it was Alpha's plan for her to get kidnapped the entire time, even Uh, at the bridge. It's it's that's that's where I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with that one. Mm -hmm. I I think part of it was a was an well executed plan by Michonne and Daryl. But then another part of me thinks that, you know, if all of the whispers would have been there. I mean, did they just, did, I mean, because they killed the one. They shot the one on the leg. Right. Michonne killed the other whisperer that came at her with the knife, and then Liddy was just there. So that was like a mini herd of the of the mega herd. So I, I don't know. Yes. I mean, I, w- I would like to think that, you know, Alpha was a little bit more conniving, and, and she, you know, kind of set up everything to, to play out the way it did. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it might have just been a, a complete, you know, I guess just random occurrence. Yeah. But I mean, hopefully we'll find out in a couple episodes on, what, on whether or not Lydia was actually a plant to try to figure something out. Yeah. So do I think it was like a, an yeah. issue with Lydia and um, Alpha kind of setting up this major plan time. or whether or not Alpha was making this plan? I don't know. I would like to think it was a little bit more, I guess a little bit more than just a coincidence that those three whispers were on that bridge. Yeah. You know, the British of Madison County. <laughs> but, I, I just County. I just don't know, yeah. you know, and I think we'll probably find out later on in episodes. Then she was like, so your plan went good. No, I lied, you know, so it's like, I don't know. That's where I'm like, if, if this was her plan from the get go, I think that's kind of devious and brilliant. But then at the same time, I could see where once again, jumping all right. over the place. Right. Well, I we could, have to. I could see where that would cause ill will for the some of the whispers well but then again i mean you 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 know like we talked about you know we jump around quite a bit because we have to talk about the story yeah but later on in the episode alpha talks to beta mm-hmm. about you know that lydia got in the closet and she got a hold of a, a like a, a dry cleaner bag yeah so yeah she that was much, chilling so she pretty much set her up to you know fight or flight kind of deal mm-hmm. so alpha is pretty much at that point where she could do that yeah. So maybe she, she set her daughter up to to get into this camp. You know, if she dies, she dies, but at least we get some information out of it. Like like a honeypot. Right. That's fucked up. Because, like, I mean, yeah, I, that's extremely fucked up that she would do that. And then she was saying, yeah, I sat there and watched her turn blue in the face, and right before she did it, I helped her up. But then when I asked her, she was okay, and she goes, yeah, I smacked the shit out of yeah, her. Yeah, she goes, I hit her. I hit her hard. Hit her hard, saying, you don't never do that again. Mm-hmm. You know, makes you weak. Like, that's some cold-blooded shit. And he goes, all right. Okay. Once again, jumping all over back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, we get ca- Henry gets captured. Right? Mm-hmm. He gets found out by Beta. Now, let's find out if she truly loves him or not. Do you think if any, before everything is said and done, she would have let him let her get killed? Who? You think Alpha would have let Lydia die? Like, from the hilltop people? Yeah. Yeah. Cause she goes, cause they said, okay, if if she doesn't do anything, kill them both. Oh, you're talking about the 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 main showdown when yeah. when Beta's got a hold of Henry. Because we're and, talking about it like if, if Alpha really cares about Lydia, right? Or what? no, and and you know, well, let's set the scene up a little bit. You know, Beta's got we're Henry. We're gonna go kinda, way back. I went way too far. No, 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 you're fine. And, and Beta's got a hold of Henry, 
and, and kind of like a test of faith, you know, mm-hmm. what camp are you with? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Alpha throws a knife on the ground and says, you know, pick it up and kill him to Lydia. Well, Lydia is obviously kind of, you know, don't, she don't kill him. She, I doesn't, mean, she doesn't want to mm-hmm. because of everything that's gone, gone on between them. Because, I mean, that's really if you think about all the people that you see in the Whisperer camp during the episode. Yeah, they're all older. They're all adults. She doesn't have anybody her There's, age. Exactly. She doesn't have anybody she can sympathize with. And she sees that, you know, the people within the Hilltop community, she doesn't see Alexandria. She she hears about the kingdom from Henry, but she sees that these people you know, live a different way that they don't have to forge. They don't have to wear dead people's skin. You know, they don't have to shamble around through the woods. They don't have to worry about being killed every single minute. Mm-hmm. Maybe she lusts after that. You Maybe know? because when they asked her if when at the going way back to the very beginning, when she goes, what did you tell him? She goes, I lied. I said, there's only a few of us. And like, do they have anybody else that they trade with? Or do they have any uh-huh. other team, any other communities, you know, of no go? Nope. Just them. So she now lied to alpha. Right. And so and I she think, said, the only thing I didn't lie about is that they shouldn't mess with you. Yeah. And I think that's going to bite a lot of people back right in the ass. All right. You know, yeah. so I mean, we we see a lot of um, a lot of Alpha's conniving like nature, and like a lot of how she's been kind of um, abusive toward Lydia. Mm-hmm. But for a second, we need to talk about how lackluster the reveal of Beta was. <laughs> okay, this was this was probably my. Is this I your prob- beef? No, I would probably say like top five beefs with the show. Oh yeah, overall. Oh yeah, this reveal was probably the shittiest I've seen ever. I mean, no, you made you were audibly like, man, that's some bullshit, right? I mean, you think about how you know we had a we had a, a huge lead up to Negan, mm-hmm. we had a huge lead up to the governor, you know, we had all the you know Woodbury and and this that and the other in his turn, right? And then all of a sudden, Beta just comes in. Henry is fighting with one of the whispers, and Beta just grabs Henry. Yeah, I'm like he just walks up on him and just grabs him, just picks him no up. No fight. Like, see, so first of all, I said fucking Henry, and then I put uh, when Lydia comes up and just kicks his ass, his oh, just punches the hell out Pop, of him, right? But then he, exactly, I wrote uh, beta intro. Now he's been on the posters and coming up and like a big bad, but for him to pick him up, I'm like, oh, he doesn't look that scary or imposing, right? Like for seeing the, just picking up Henry, you're picking up a kid. You're oh, you're bigger than a 15 year old kid. Right. Not a lot of people could do that, right? So I didn't give two shits about him. It wasn't until later than they're walking with the herd when I was like, holy shit, that dude's a monster. Yeah, I mean, in, in the comic books, Beta is like supposed to be like six eight, six nine. I mean, it's going to be kind of hard to find a, a character that's going to or a good actor mm-hmm. that would be able to be that that large and imposing. I think they got it right with with Ryan Hurst because I mean he is a physically large individual. I mean he's not like super huge power lifter kind of he, guy. He's not the mountain. He's the hilltop. I mean he's <laughs> he's pretty big. But I mean I think he's like six four six five. I wouldn't fuck with them. But when you see him amongst all of the other whispers, I don't know whether or not they maybe have him wearing like you know lifts inside of his shoes or maybe some platform while they're making those shots. But he is literally like. Six to eight inches taller than everybody yeah, in the herd. Yeah, he's enormous. Yeah. So, I mean, it, you can definitely tell that they're setting up, like, you know, Alpha being a little bit more diminutive and smaller, but uh-huh. Beta being the enforcer. I Master just, I Blaster. Had, I just had problems with the way that they introduced him. I yeah. thought he was going to come in with a little bit more of a bang because everything that we Punching saw... Punching 
well, somebody's every, head in or everything something. that we saw leading up to that. You look scary and monstrous. Well, no, the, every, if you remember back at the like the mid season when they teased Alpha and Beta coming in, it was Beta behind that sheet, which I think we're going to see either next episode or the episode after. And he's in the fight with Daryl, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought that was going to be the reveal, not just "Come here, kid," you know, and, and just picks him up by his scruff of his neck. The scruff, <laughs> like so, a bad puppy. I guess you know, and fucking that's, Henry. That's just my uh, that's just my issue with the way that they revealed him. Yeah, but they did give him a lot of really cool portions of this show. Um, th- he is definitely the protector of Alpha. Yeah, you know, he he helps her take her mask off. He's kind of her confidant. Or consigliere, if mm-hmm. you will. And he's a tracker because he's like, he's been tracking us the whole time. Right. And she goes, if there's one, there's more. So, and I'd liked, I don't know if I say I would like the look of their camp, but their camp was huge. Right. You, I because was, the big reveal is, you know, you see this little, you, you, you come through this clearing and you see this little bitty like herd of whispers. And you're thinking, oh, it's like 30, 40 people. I mean, our, our groups can handle those. Right. Then all of a sudden you open up to like this larger shoot and it's like, hundreds yeah it's enormous it is an enormous like it's shanty shit town but it's enormous yeah and i was like this is pretty cool it looks very imposing these are i don't want to say filthy people but i wouldn't they're fuck filthy with people. they're filthy people yeah. I would, may, way more worse than the trash people but i love me some trash people but these are scary because you see them like Tearing up a deer and then making a mask or something. And that was gnarly. Yeah. When Beta was cutting off when, that dude's face. When Beta face, skins that, that walker's face. That was gnarly as shit. I was like, living in uh, Whisperland must be pretty fucking tough, man. <laughs> it's not for everybody. Definitely not easy, Street. No. <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you, you've got a lot of interaction with, with Beta and Alpha. And, you know, the way that Alpha is able to manipulate these people around her. Oh, but before we get too far into the whispers, can we talk a little bit, you know, at the beginning of the episode when Lydia is talking to Alpha and she's got the whispers around him. Did you notice that, you know, they're walking as a herd, you know, they're walking forward and every time they stop, yeah, the yeah, whispers yeah. turn around and just kind of mull amongst themselves. I, I wrote that in my notes too. That's just what I was about to say. That I, is so weird. It's so creepy and so weird, but it makes sense because, I mean, they're the leader, it's their envoy, and if they're supposed to be like this herd of the dead, mm-hmm. if one person stops and say, look, I need to talk to you and I'm yelling at you right there. Of course, they're going to like, okay, just stop and kind of shamble around. But it looks so intimidating right. and weird. But that just shows the power of what they would do to protect Alpha. You know, it's kind of... it's Right answer. <laughs> right, right answer. But it's just very creepy. They're, they're weird. Not trash people weird. Trash people weird was a whole what the fuck. Mm-hmm. This is just intimidating and scary weird. I still would rather party with the trash people. <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah i mean that was one of the things i picked up on and i was just like man that is yeah so no i wrote uni- totally in my notes that was so unique and, yeah. and just so interesting the way that they did that i was just like wow that's that's really cool mm-hmm. because if you if you don't really see it you don't think about it no but every time that they would stop and talk or when alpha would circle lydia to you know be kind of creepy and and mm-hmm. you know kind of axel rogious around her <laughs> You know, um, take me down to the Whisper City. <laughs> but every time they would do that, the whispers would turn around and just kind of mull about, and it was mm-hmm. like, it's like they really are like orbiting Alpha. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was really cool the way that like they did worker that. and queen bees. Right. Yeah, I like that. So it was a good touch. Very good touch. All right. So I guess we need to get to the point where the the rescue happens. Okay, that was rad. So it, it was really rad. It was rad as shit. So like apparently. 
Daryl and Connie, meanwhile, while this whole shenanigans with whispers going meanwhile on. Meanwhile at the Hall of Hillbillies. <laughs> but um, they're tracking the whisper herd. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, they're stopped. Then looking around. They must have been like really confused when they stopped and everybody shambled around Alpha and then kept on going, what the fuck did they do? But so they find him. I, I guess they. No, Daryl's a better tracker than that. And I, I know he's probably a better tracker than Beta is. And the fact, and I like the way that Connie's a good tracker too. Yep. They're, I think they're, like you said on the previous show, they're, they have a good dynamic. They're both very talented at what they do. Yep. They, they, they really are. And yeah. I mean, they're working really good together. Yeah. And Daryl with his bow and Connie with her slingshot mm-hmm. with like the marbles or rocks or something. They're both deadly. So like, and then dog getting, he's like, damn arrow. So they find him and what do they do? They bring the walker herd to them and tear them up. That, that's very true. But before we get to that part, I mean, one of the, one of the weirdest things, and, and we really have to, we have to dive on this part. You know, and before we even get to the the rescue piece of it, you know, it's kind of a part that I, I didn't want to overlook, but we inadvertently did. The challenge among yes. the whispers. Yes. You have challenge. I, let, let's just <laughs> let's just say cannon fodder A and cannon fodder B. Mm-hmm. The, this guy the red ste- shirt. Couple. This guy steps up to Alpha and he goes, you know, you 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 went back. We don't go back for our people. You went back for your daughter. And then Alpha's trying to explain, you know, look, I did this for a reason. Now we know how many there are. We know that they have weapons. You know that they have commerce between other communities. Mm-hmm. And he goes, no, you went back for your daughter. Well, Alpha sniffs that out and knows that it's not him doing the challenge. It's his wife, girlfriend, significant other. See, I didn't get that. I mean, like, I understood. I understood what, but I kind of understood what the guy was saying. He goes, hey, you would leave a baby out in the middle of a cornfield to get eaten. But you're but, sacrificing but you're us. But sacrificing us to go save your daughter. Us, right? And I'd be like, yeah, if you're used to like letting like whatever survival of the fittest, why change your word now? So well, he even says, you know, we had two of theirs. Right. And they had one of ours. And, Bad deal. Yeah. You know? And I can see where he's coming from on that. And that's why it made me think, was this a plan of Alpha's the whole entire time to yeah. set her up for as a honeypot? Right. You know? So anyway, yeah, so he goes, I didn't realize that it was the woman that was causing the Macbethian mm-hmm. strings until she goes, I saw you in the woods out Right, there. talking to your, your your husband or boyfriend or right. whatever he is. Yeah. And all right, so Beta grabs the guy and kind of holds him, you know, kind of holds him at bay. And Alpha is is talking to the girl, kind of circling her like the, the whispers do, mm-hmm. you know, and she's talking about you know it's your right to challenge me this that and the other have i not done good and when she comes around behind her she takes this like garrote out of her sleeve yep wraps it around the chick's head and pulls her head completely off this is like a like a <laughs> just like a twist top just poof. but but the most diabolical diabolical motherfucker <laughs> but the most diabolical thing she does she picks up the decapitated head and hands it back to the guy mm-hmm. like this is what you get when you challenge me do you want to challenge would you like to know more <laughs> you know <laughs> a new just, challenger approaches and just hands him her head <laughs> and just saying there you go and then just looked and waited and as soon as a tear drop shank 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 yep, shank sign of weakness crying makes you weak and i was like god damn so 
Now we can get to the Daryl and Connie that part. That is messed up, though. When when they're tracking the Whisperer herd, because then the Whisperers drag the, the body out to feed the walkers. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship. Right. You know, they got them on a tarp and whatnot, and they're feeding the bodies to them. And then Daryl and Connie are able to subdue two of the Whisperers. Daryl's got a nice little serape and his own little Whisperer mask, and so does Connie. Well, then... When we're talking about the the beta and alpha conversation with Lydia, you know, telling Lydia to kill Henry, which and you know what, I'll be honest, I said fucking do it, do it, Lydia, do you it, like that dude, man, kill Henry. Yeah. Ah, anyway, yeah, they're about to about to like get down and figure out what exactly mm-hmm. is going to happen, and then right. But if you notice, Lydia didn't know what the hell was going on. No, after the the Walker herd comes into the Whisperers camp, you know everybody's kind of distracted at that point. Well, Lydia is looking at Henry. Henry's back is turned to Connie and Daryl. Well, they're both dressed up in Whisperer garb, mm-hmm. and like Lydia's eyes get like super big because she sees Daryl behind Henry, and all of a sudden you just you know Henry gets grabbed by the arm and he goes, "Come on, we got to make our escape." Hillbilly justice. <laughs> Here's where I'm calling shenanigans. It was a very cool scene because, like, the whole um, is she going to stab it or not? And if she stab Henry or not? And mm-hmm. if she doesn't, what's going to happen to Lydia and Henry between Alpha and Beta? That was good. And I like the fact that, right, they got rescued to the nick of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always a sucker for that shit. And I liked that. And it was gory and violent and shit. Right? And it was a gory and violent and shit. And it was a really good attack. But here's my question. How did they get the walkers to silently sneak up on the whispers? At nighttime. They were paying attention. True, because but you'd still hear the... Well, and the shambles possibly, in the forest. Possibly. Because, I mean, if you noticed uh, every time, you know, when, when Lydia... Or, I'm sorry, not Lydia. When Alpha killed the the, the guy and the, the woman, mm-hmm. if you noticed the whispers, they actually, like, were forming this gigantic, like, encircling, like, encircling all of them. Circling the wagons. Right. And they weren't looking behind them, which I kind of find a little weird. So right. they were doing possibly the same thing. That's true. Right. That's, you know, and it, that's it was, true. It was evening time, you know, possibly that, you know, some of them were sleeping. Because everybody did the same thing with the challenge. Yeah. And so they're just kind of watching the thing. So, yeah, I guess I could see that. I, I, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll, you know what? I'll allow it. So now we got, you know, Connie and Daryl and, and Henry and Lydia are now on, you know, escaping. And Daryl doesn't want to take her. You no. know, because Henry's I like, what do, we do? What, what do we do with her? And Daryl's like, leave her. He almost, yeah. she almost got stabbed. Henry almost got stabbed because of her. Well, but then again, I mean. So let me ask you this. Do you think Lydia is now team Hilltop? I think she's team Hilltop. You think I, so? Yeah, I do. You know, I, I really do think that, you know, she's got a budding romance with Henry. So. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Love in the apocalypse. Ugh. So I don't know how everything's going to shake out there, but it's, it's. It's going that direction. So. Yeah. I mean, it's still interesting. Love makes people stupid, especially exactly. around zombies. Exactly. Love in the time of zombies. So, with Daryl and Connie and, and the Whisperer arc, do we have anything else we co- need to cover? Because we covered the lackluster entrance of Beta, mm-hmm. the the, mani- the manipulative, uh, I guess, modus operandi of Alpha, uh-huh. her relationship with, with you know um, Lydia. The switcheroo from Michonne. Right. The switcheroo from Michonne. Um, and everything with Father G and Rosita and Sadiq. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty much it. Okay. So with every uh, with every episode, we do rank them on a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being the highest genius, what would you rank this episode at? 7. And, like, I think that might be a little, not generous, but, like, a low 7. 
You know what I'm saying? Like 7.1? Mm-hmm. I think because, one, the whole Father Gabriel thing was seemed too filler for me. Seemed too out of place. I like where Michonne went, but it just seemed too, like, switch aside really quick. Mm-hmm. Even though she did get the mic dropped on her. I wanted more of the whisper action. A lot more, actually. I think if they took out the Father Gabriel and that gave that to more whispery thing and see the inner workings of the whispering camp, I think that'd be very cool. Or even more zombie carnage right. during the scene. Um, but, again, the whole Father Gabriel thing, while I guess, like, again, I'm not saying it's not important, but in the grand scope of this show, it's not important. And that goddamn will be back in one minute. I know that's not the show's fault, but at the same time, no, it's it, the show's fault. It does fucking ruin all spoilery things, and because of that, I got to give it a seven. Okay, low, 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 low seven. So, and I'm gonna have to go the same way, man. I'm gonna have to go with like a six and a half, seven. Yeah, and it's not because I didn't like the episode. I loved the the way that they introduced Beta in into the whole grand scheme of things. I hate the way that they introduced him, yeah, like his main appearance. Mm-hmm. But like him as a character, I'm I'm really digging the fact that he he's just a heavy at this point. You know, we don't really get a lot of yeah a, a lot of things from him, but we know that he is like the main fighter of the Whisperer group. Um, and that he's the protector of Alpha. We get a lot of Alpha and a lot of her mentality with Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl is just, I mean, honestly, they gave him some pretty kick-ass uh, actions in the yeah. past couple episodes. I mean, ever since the exit of, of Andy Lincoln. I like his character yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. You know, Hillbilly Justice is, is definitely, you know, being served. <laughs> but... uh <laughs> But you know, and, right and, answer. and and even Connie, you know, yeah, for for everything that you would think that you know would be a hindrance with her not being able to communicate with Daryl, I mean, they worked really well together, you know, because she was able to read his lips. You mm-hmm. know, she even she even points to him at one point, you know, let me see your mouth and and talk to me, you know, yeah, because you don't need to sign, I don't need to write anything down. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I'm gonna go with a seven on this episode just because I think there could have been a little bit more, but I liked what we got with yeah. the whisper piece of it. Yeah. More whisper made it would have got a way higher in my book. Yep. So with that being said, we will be back next Monday for mm-hmm. season nine, episode thirteen of AMC's The Walking Dead. But on and, behalf of my oh, and we're almost close to end of the Badlands. Oh, that is very true. Yes. We're almost close to end yeah, of the Badlands. They about, dropped a new trailer. We got about three weeks. Three oh, the new weeks. New trailer looks super dope. So yeah, March twenty fourth and twenty fifth is the two night, um, the two night mega event of the back half of season three. You're gonna get your ass kicked, Lance. Yep. <laughs> So on behalf of my co-host, Gene Spiegel, I'm Dustin P. And I'm going to go skid me a face. <laughs>